when you talk about Shanghai recycling regime that they're introducing, if you have a durian, it is not food waste. Because of, I assume, because durian's disgusting. <laughs> Welcome to Mosaic of China, a podcast about people who are making their mark in China. I'm your host, Oscar Fuchs. Okay, this is already the fourth special compilation episode from season one, so I hope by now you get the deal. For this compilation, we're looking at how all the guests from the season answered the question, "What is your favorite China-related fact?" The idea of asking this question is to provide you with the ammunition to impress people when you're next at a polite gathering and the topic of China comes up. So get ready to take notes, and with just a bit of practice, you could one day be as much of a pretentious know-all as I am. Gigi Chang, the translator from episode twenty-four. Some years ago, I discovered that Noel Coward、mm. wrote *Private Lives* in Shanghai at、really? the Cathay Hotel, which is the Peace Hotel. And I think he got a cold or like influenza, and he got stuck. It just this sort of utterly, utterly sort of very English, you know, upper class play is written in, in Shanghai. Shanghai in 1930. Wow. Michael Z, the Instagram influencer from episode seven. Ni hao doesn't mean hello.、Um, I think this is the interesting about translation is that we kind of always want to have equals equivalents of words. This word in my language means this word in your language. And ni hao, ni hao is you good, literally you good, and it's implied there's a question. Whereas hello is I'm here, but I'm not asking for your recognition. Hello. In the sense of you can just say hello to an empty room, but you would never say ni hao to an empty room. Vivu, the fitness community leader from episode eight. Everybody knows the four great inventions, which was gunpowder, the compass, paper, and printing. But no one knows that they also invented the fishing reel, the wheelbarrow, kites, and umbrella. And the umbrella. Yeah. Amazing, really. But it rained so much in Europe. What the hell were they doing? <laughs> <laughs> Sebastian Denez, the inclusion advocate from episode eleven. It's a very simple one. Is one point four billion people. I love these numbers because it's a、um, mirage. The illusion of capturing this one point four billion people market. Right. Having spent seven years here in China, I've seen so many companies. With that in mind, coming to think you're gonna conquer this market. Emily Madge, the aquarium conservationist from episode 14. One in every five people in the world is Chinese. Is it one in five?、Mm-hmm. Wow! And presumably they're not all in China. This is the whole diaspora included. Yes. Nick Yu, the playwright from episode 13. Traditional management in the village. I think that's some like like a dream before. That is really good.、Right. Uh, I I can give you an example. My father is a teacher in the county in the village,、uh, but、uh, before he don't have the salary, but who will pay him? And the、uh, the 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 village will give a field. A field. Yeah, and the field will be free to him. And and all the the people in the village will don't pay the salary for him. But this field you can plant, and when you have game, you、uh, you 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 can get the food. So actually, then 
they would they would farm the field and whatever they made in that field they would give to your father yeah Greg Nance the ultramarathon athlete from episode 23 my favorite china related fact is that the huangpu river the river that flows through shanghai here uh, was actually excavated and dredged to be created around 2,500 years ago during the Warring States period. It, it starts around Songjiang, which is like far southwest Shanghai. It's a district. Uh, and it winds its way merrily over the Bund, Ujatswe, onto uh, the Yangtze River, which drains into the East China Sea. Okay. Jorge Lucio, the marketer for Sprite from episode 5. There are 675 million active gamers in China. Wow. (laughs) I don't know what is the population of Europe, but I think it's less than that. So imagine uh, more than the population of Europe playing games every day of their life. So for me, that's like a wow. Eric Olander, the journalist from episode three. They created this uh, anti-Valentine's Day. So it was, it was Singles Day, and so they picked November 11th because it's you know representing single people. And Alibaba, the world's largest e-commerce company, started just discounting products, and they created this phenomenal type of uh, of culture around selling. And so everybody, all the brands line up, the whole country becomes like a national holiday. So basically, take Black Friday, Black Monday, Cyber Monday, all of those kind of sales and put it on, you know, on steroids. And this is compact into just one 24-hour period. They're selling more in volume than all of the Christmas holiday shopping season in the United States. It's remarkable. 24 billion, and it just keeps going up every year. Lori Lee, the private club GM from episode 10. I like the stone uh, inscription uh, in the tourist site because Every uh, dynasty, the people see the same uh, view, same mountain, same lake, but they have different feeling. So all of them, they, they put their feeling on the stone. So generation by generation, you can tell the, 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 the different people's feeling. Abe Deo, the tour manager from episode 27. China is the only place with over a hundred cities with over a million people. Mm-hmm. So there's 102 cities in China with over a million people. In the U.S., the number is 10. Lexi Comstock, the cookie supplier from episode 20. I recently have learned about this thing called panda diplomacy. Apparently, China owns most, if not all, of the pandas worldwide. And they kind of use them as like a bargaining tool so you can see the strength of the relations between countries and like your standing with China based on the panda situation. I think that's so funny. And that these like kind of super sweet but dumb pandas are like getting like tossed around. (laughs) I just think that's great. So that's definitely my favorite China fact. Stefan de Monco, the events company CEO from episode 19. So I think the one thing we need to be aware of is that China is the number one economy in the world today. I I do enjoy that storytelling around the world that China is up and coming and that um, they will be number one by 2030. The truth is they are already number one, but they don't want people to know. I think they understand that being number one um, is also a burden because once you're number one, you have a lot of responsibilities. So I think 
the Chinese are extremely smart in trying to keep that brand of like we are a developing country, we are getting there, give us a bit of time, where actually they're already extremely strong. Nini Sum, the artist from episode 16. I don't really know if this is a fact, but I like how surreal China is and how fast it changes and how alive this place is. Like when I was young, even a can of Coca-Cola is precious. I remember this. My parents would take me to the street and also some kind of field trip and would beg them to buy me a can of Coca-Cola. That this would be the rare chance, like maybe for, for, for the whole season I could get a sip of that. But now if I go to a supermarket, I see all these products on the shelves. I'm just like, where is this place? It's just a short, maybe 10, 20 years and it has changed so much. New things are popping out all the time. It's really surreal to live in this place. Is that what you're trying to encapsulate in your art? Yes. And I want to keep that feeling, but also add a poetic twist. Astrid Pokosian, the violinist from episode four. You know that put together all of China's railways lines could loop around Earth twice. And they're still building more, right? Yes, so maybe it's going to be three times. <laughs> yeah. Noah Sheldon, the documentary filmmaker from episode nine. There's 287 million rural migrant workers in China in 2017. Wow. Which... Um, I think is amazing to be migrant workers in your own country. I think that's a really interesting kind of policy because of the residency permits and stuff like that. Yeah, because there could be equivalents in other countries, but they don't track it in the same way, right? You know, this is a way of controlling things like urban slums and stuff, right? They keep people tied to the countryside, which is a really interesting policy. Yael Frajun, the historical researcher from episode 12. You know how people claim that you can see the Great Wall from the moon? That is not true. Right. I wonder how that rumor got started. Yeah, that that would be an interesting research. Okto Chung, the fashion designer from episode 30. I loved Chinese history when I was young. All the first king of all the dynasty. The Pyrrhus dynasty was just destroying. And you feel that it's time to do some change. And if it's long-lasting or not, we didn't know. Maybe that's why I became a designer. I like to create things. Philippe Gass, the Disney Resort CEO from episode one. This is such a big country, vast geography, and one time zone. Right. And uh, it's always been something quite fascinating for me. I don't ask me why, but that's something. Lizanthia Taylor, the pain expert from episode 28. I love the fact that China has one time zone. The sun doesn't rise till 10 a.m. in Xinjiang. But I, I just love the ability. You're just like, we're just going to do just one time. Maple Zhuo, the comedian from episode two. I like a strong female character. So, you know, there was a one late woman called Wu Zetian, right? Yes. And she's an empire. I so admire her. I can't imagine how she got through there. I know she's killing a lot of people. But, like, every empire, they're killing lo- loads of people. But yeah. now people judging her. Oh, you are, like, you are evil. But all men are evil. So I feel like she must have done something so spectacular to get there. And that, 
inspire me. You know, I want to be a queen <laughs> someday. Ross Coleman, the theatre producer from episode 22. There are 10 million Chinese people entering the middle classes every year in China, which I find to be absolutely astounding, but to make perfect sense. And that when I see the hunger for experiential art and, and, and finding new things to do, I can attribute it a lot to a country that's really saying like, okay, we're here, this is where we're going, this is what we want to do, this is how we spend our time. It's just time travel, it's Shanghai time. It moves so fast and, and, you, and you can see, I feel like you can see that in that fact somehow. Gina Lee, the invention company CEO from episode six. Uh, China is always good at surviving. Okay. Yeah, because among the history, we have a long history, 5,000 years, the change of wars, everything. But I think Chinese do deeply inside knowing it doesn't matter how horrible it's happening, whatever change is out there, the best way to adapt it is to keep yourself like alive, survive first, and then you figure out later. Sabrina Chen, the dance program curator from episode 26. The cultural diversity, because China is so big, and when you travel to Beijing, you realize the city is completely different from Shanghai. Some people likes it, some people hates it. For me, I really enjoy this diversity. And this is the reason why I decided to come back to China after my study, because I found so many interesting things going on in this country. I think it's, it's more like a continent than a country, right? Yes. Tom Barker, The Diplomat from episode 25. At the moment, I'm just I'm really stuck on this one thing I heard this afternoon, which is that the skin of durians is not considered organic matter. And so when you talk about a Shanghai recycling regime that they're introducing and where you put certain items of your household waste, if you have a durian, it is not food waste. Because of? I assume because durian's disgusting. <laughs> Yang Yi, the broadcaster from episode 21. In Chinese, we call it but I don't know how to translate it into English. I searched on the Wikipedia, it's called a Doctrine of the Main. Doctrine of the Main, yes. Yeah, I think it's psychology about balance. So Chinese medicine uh, uses philosophy. In, in Chinese medicine, if you're sick, they didn't try to find a reason behind that. Just keep your body balanced. At that time, when the body keep balanced, you will feel better. Angie Wu, the jewelry craftsman from episode 18. Okay, so the first time I heard this fact, I was fascinated and shocked. Uh, Shanghai itself is around 26 million people. The entire Taiwan is no more than 23 million people. And this just blew my mind. <laughs> Simon Minetti, the business leader from episode 17. There are more English speakers in China than there are in the United States. It's a good reminder of the diligence and the approach to education here, and also a reflection of China's scale. Srinivas Yanamandra, the compliance leader from episode 15. The most uh, interesting fact I always try to tell uh, a visitor who comes to China, you can't write your name in Chinese at all. 
so if i say for example srini uh, there is no way in which you can write srini in chinese it is like mathematics can you write srini in mathematics no because you have got nine characters which can represent the entire mathematics and in those nine characters you can't create a combination called as srini and that's the most uh, i i think uh, for me is an eye opener and uh, uh, shutting down my chinese classes <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening and please share your own china related facts with me on social media we are on mosaic of china on instagram or facebook or add me on my wechat id oscar10877 and i'll add you to the listeners community there Next week we will be at the halfway point of these compilations and we will also be around the halfway point of 2020. This has been a tumultuous year and right now these are still tumultuous times. So I'm going to continue trying to offer some respite and next week's episode will be on perhaps the most frivolous of all topics, the best and worst purchases that my guests have made in China. I'll see you then. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you too. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you. My pleasure too. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Great to see you too. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you.